Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast, brought to you by Flowpath. I'm your host, Griffin Hamilton. This is the show where I interview industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights into modern day facilities management. From hospitality to commercial real estate and everything in between, we'll learn what it really takes to succeed as a facilities manager. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Facilities Management Podcast. Today, I am pleased to have Myra Portalatin join us. Myra, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Yourself? You know, I'm doing well. Even better after I pronounce your last name correctly, uh, after a couple of attempts uh, offline. Uh, so I'm smirking over here. But uh, thanks again for, for joining the show here this morning. Um, why don't you tell us uh, and the audience a little bit more about yourself and what it is you do? So NVE, uh, we're we're a federal contractor, if you will. Um, We uh, manage facilities for uh, federal agencies. Uh, So I have uh, teams throughout uh, a number of buildings uh, in the D.C. metro area and other areas uh, in the United States um, that uh, just make sure that preventative maintenance is, is happening. They're, you know, answering service calls. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, we, you know, we try and make sure that they can stay on mission and that's really what, what we're there to do so that we're in the background working so that they don't have to worry about their buildings. So you guys would fall under the integrated facilities management model. That is, is that correct? correct? Yeah. Very cool. So tell me about your story. So you didn't just wake up one day and start working at MVE as an, as a VP in facilities. Uh, how did you get into facilities management? Uh, what you know twists and turns along your career path got you to where you're at right now? So it's very interesting because, especially when you ask anyone in my age range, uh, how did you get into facilities? It never started with, well, I started in facilities. We all started somewhere completely different. Uh, My background is actually in civil and environmental engineering. Uh, I have a a bachelor's from the University of Michigan. Go blue. Uh, And uh, we, um, you know, shortly after graduating, I took a position in environmental consulting. So for, for many years, I was doing environmental consulting uh, again, it's it's facilities related, but it, it was a, a different take on what's happening with facilities. It's making sure that, um, you know, we're, we're doing assessments for environmental health and safety, asbestos, lead, indoor air quality, all those kinds of things. Um, uh, after seven years doing that, um, I... Uh, uh, my, my, my husband changed careers and we moved from California all the way to, you know, DC area. And so it gave me an opportunity to kind of evaluate, you know, what do I want to do? Do I want to continue to do this, uh, or not? And I was actually train uh, taking some training, uh, to keep up with my environmental licenses when I, you know, when you do those regular introductions, uh, when you're in the training, it's like, I'm so-and-so and I work here. And so I introduced myself as like, and I just moved here. So I am currently looking for a job. And immediately like three people were like, you know, like, yeah, you know, I walked <laughs> out of there with three interviews. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. 
Uh, so again, training, very important. Um, you, you never know what you're going to uh, land on. And it was very... Oh, what a teaser. What a yeah. teaser. <laughs> uh, um, and it was very interesting because all three companies were different and they all had an opportunity for me to continue doing what I was doing. But one of them in particular had the opportunity for me to, yes, do what I was doing, but more and take a little bit of my engineering background and get more into the facility side. So I got into facilities management consulting. Uh, I started working for facility engineering associates, FEA. Uh, some folks may recognize that in uh, that name um, uh, in the industry. Um, and I, I've, I've worked there for 14 years doing consulting uh, anywhere from uh, engineering investigations to, hey, what's going on with this building? What's wrong with it? To doing facility condition assessments or just strategic um, um, analysis of you know what, what's happening in your facility. How can we do things better? Creation of plans, all sorts of things. Uh, and uh, a few years back, uh, I got approached by NBE about like, hey, what do you think about taking this that you've been preaching and actually put it to use? And it just came at a really great time, and it was a it was a challenge of actually kind of like like they said, it's like preach you know uh, practicing what I was preaching, right? Uh, and and that's what I've been doing for the last uh, three years, building this uh, facilities program. Uh, with what I've learned over the years. And it's been a, a very interesting ride. Um, I, I can finally understand some of the challenges of facilities when I would find out that they were maybe not able to do the things that I was recommending, right? right. This turns out to be about funding and an ability or, or not enough staff to do what, what, what they want to do. So it was... um. It was an eye opener, but it it was helpful for me because then it helped me kind of adjust the way that we were doing things. And, yeah. and we could talk all day about the constraints in facilities management. And mm -hmm. it's funny with your background, and I love that because it is everyone has their own unique path. And getting into facilities management, it's not you know, like a doctor where it is a playbook on here's exactly what you do to get into facilities management. I've talked to countless people that just kind of fell into it and they just mm -hmm. took more and more responsibilities on or they were on the other side of things and then they got more involved in the facility side. And so uh, getting into it, 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 everyone always has their own unique path. And I think that is still applicable today, but you know, we've talked about this before, but having different organizations now that are kind of defining uh, ways to get into facilities management more intentionally. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wanted to get your thoughts on how that's changed over the years and how someone that may be, you know, they stumbled across this this interview and they're interested in facilities management, but how they could start getting into the actual industry. So one of the great things is that because of that need for more facility managers, people that were actually, uh, you know, studying, going to school and, and have the training for it, uh, there are actually more options now um, for for that. Uh, there's actually facility management programs. So you can actually have a bachelor's, a master's, even a PhD now in facilities. Um, you have programs like through Brigham Young University, so BYU, which is one of the oldest uh, programs that they have. I think they just celebrated 
25 years or something really? like that. I, I, I could be wrong in the number, but they just celebrated uh, their program um, existence. Uh, Ferris State. I was going to say Ferris State is another one that I keep seeing. Uh, Temple University also has a, as a program. And then there's other universities that have like certificate programs uh, or or where they have courses that help you kind of navigate navigate into the the you know the businesses of facilities. Um, in some cases, um, you have the opportunity through professional organizations to get into the business because so for example, we have trades personnel, electricians, um, uh, HVAC mechanics, you know that are aspiring to move up. Uh, and, you know, one of them was asking me, Hey, what, what, what's my next thing? You know, I, I'm a master electrician. I have a nice set certification, but I want to be a project manager. I want to be a facility manager. Where do I go? Mm -hmm. uh, I want to learn more about facilities. And it's like, well, there's, there's different small courses that you can take in different programs. But if you really want to be serious about going into facility management and, and becoming uh, a facility manager at some point, you know, you've already built a really great technical background. Now it's a matter of like that managerial, managerial and strategic background that you have to build. So first place that maybe you might want to consider is taking the facilities management professor, professional certificate, certificate from uh, IFMA, the International Facility Managers Association. So that would be a great place for you to start because it takes the four main competencies of facilities management and it you know takes you through the coursework you, you you exam you then you end up with an actual certificate that you can say it's like hey i've got the training i'm 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 on my way there and that's a really great starter for anyone that even in you know after college or during college that they think you know this might be a place where i want to go to that's a great starter point for you absolutely uh, mm -hmm. And we're talking to the right person here because you are an instructor within IFMA, correct? That is, that is correct. So it's very interesting because as a child, when they were there, they would ask me, what do you want to do when you grow up? I always said teacher. Um, but I went, here you are. <laughs> yeah, but, I, but I went the, the you know, STEM route uh, because I also enjoyed uh, the sciences and math and everything, which was great. But being part of this community has also then allowed me to realize that dream of being a, a you know a teacher by allowing me to become an instructor i've been able to uh work in different programs for different universities teaching facility management related courses i am an IFMA instructor for the sustainable sustainability facility professional the sfp um and that's you know, all in all, very gratifying because even though I am uh, instructing, I'm, I'm teaching, I'm also learning a lot because it's that interaction with, you know, it's all adult learning. So you, you're you learning from their, their experiences of so things that worked that didn't work. And so each and every class, I come back with just so much more knowledge than I started with. And mm -hmm. it, it, I think that's the most gratifying thing. It's just, you get to learn yourself. Yeah, and I think that's a great segue. And we, we teased it a little earlier, but the the perpetual learning that is in facilities management is required. I mean, things are changing. I mean, COVID, get, Lord, there were so many regulations that were brought up or changes that were made. Uh, and that's not really going to change anytime soon. I, I think that is a consistent that there will always be changes. Um, and so talk to me about the importance of 
even in the industry, once you're there as a facilities manager, the importance of continuing education. So one of the most difficult things to answer is what is a facility manager? Yes, it is. Yep. Because for the facility manager as, as a, in, it just, it just keep it just keeps getting things added on to it, right? Every every five years or every decade, it seems like you know what they add to the list of what does a facility manager do just continues to increase. Uh, you know, uh, event coordination. You know, uh, uh, wellness. Now mm-hmm. everybody's like a lot into wellness and and providing a. a uh, a healthy environment. Uh, it's it's the being able to um, provide different services from copying to um, to food. Just there's so many different things, and and then depending on where you are in that level, are you on the day to day? Are you more on the strategic side? There's so many things, and then and then there's the technology aspect of it. You know, as as we continue to be a more automated kind of society, I mean, these phones, like we walk around with our phones and our entire lives are now in these smartphones. We can do just about anything from them. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it if you don't continue to look for opportunities to learn more, you're going to get stuck where you're at. You're not going to be able to advance or you're not going to be able, you're not going to be able to provide good service to your organization. If you're not Mm -hmm. to be continue, you know, continue to expand, innovate, um, and, and bringing things that are going to help you, uh, run the facilities more efficiently, provide better services and, the key here is doing it with less money and, you know, as, um, which unfortunately the facilities budget is usually the one that is the smallest. Yeah. No, and that's where we have to get creative. And I think mm-hmm. that is, you know, it goes along with your point of, you know, we only have so many resources and we have to make the most of it. And one of those resources that's us as a facilities manager. And so going through these certificate programs, furthering your education, like that. That is important and really needed uh, for your own professional development, but also for the success of facilities organization. That is correct. And I think something else that is key to point out, is you mentioned earlier just the, the long list of different uh points in the job description, if you want to put that in air quotes, of a facilities manager. And it's impossible to expect one person to be an expert in everywhere. So you do have to rely on your network, on different resources or yourself to pick up these these tools or these additional skill sets. And I think what's interesting, and I wanted to get your thoughts on, but technology and what role technology plays in facilities management and how you could continue to evolve as a facilities manager, uh, learning more about technologies that are out there. So one of the things that has been happening over the years with facilities is that there is a bigger push for automation. There is a bigger push for making data-driven decisions. You know, all these like computer maintenance management systems, the CMMS, the IWIMS, all these, uh, they used to be almost like shelfware, like they put it in and then they weren't really doing very much with the data that was in there. That Those days are pretty much over. The, the 
facilities, organizations are really starting to focus on getting data that matters so that they can actually make informed decisions on when they're going to be doing a renovation versus an overhaul versus a full replacement, major renovation, whatever the case may be. And it's that information in those systems that's going to help them be able to uh, justify, you know, spending $5 million here uh, or or whether or not, you know what, they have to push that out because there's something more important and, and, and doing things like condition assessments and keeping track of that and how your assets are degrading over the years and what's the prioritization on that. All that, it's all within these systems as long as you are collecting the data, right? And that you are being consistent in the manner that you're, you know, collecting it. And, you know, there's, you, you have your internal folks that can help you with a lot of that. But in, in, in a lot of cases, you do have to engage with uh, other um, entities in order to help you out. You know, we have good relationships with our building automation system uh, vendors, for example, um, where um, we might have them be on site once a week or once a month, depending on you know uh, how how heavy um, uh, data driven that particular facility might be, like a data center versus an office. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. different needs here, um, and being able to. We work together with them to further tweak. So we we might have an electronics technician that's doing things every day on that system, but really relying on those partners with our BAS contractors, for example, to kind of look at at that. It's like, is there something that we're missing? Because they see these things every day and they're able to help us tweak things a little bit more than what we're doing and they can help us maybe write some uh, programs, some some rules in there that is going to help us with the alarms that are coming out, how we address them and get more information. Um, so that's been a very effective partnership for us. Um, but also, you know, you know, in my life as a consultant, some of the things that I did was go into facilities and help them look at the systems and how they were being used um, and what did they needed to do to make changes to actually get the, the data that they needed from those. And there's a number of consultants out there that do that and help out because sometimes it's... It, it's too much, too overwhelming, and you don't have the staffing or the time to take care of it. So you have, right. to, you have to understand your limitations and go out there and ask. And, you know, being involved in organizations like IFMA, for example, or, or, or BOMAI, uh, the Building Owners and Managers uh, Institute, um, it's very important because you create a network of peers, that can help you out find those proven resources, that, that proven Rolodex is what we like to call it, where, hey, I need someone. I, I, last night I was uh, you know, at an event and somebody stopped me from movement. like, hey, I need someone uh, that can help me with uh, asbestos testing. Somebody told me that you were the person to talk to. It was like, yeah, I will forward you some information. I mean, and. And that's why you want to always be involved. And you get to meet people through training too. And, and, you know, that allow you to form these networks of people that are going through the same things as you. So that's another reason why it's important to keep connected and keep being educated and establishing those relationships. Because even some of these vendors will provide um, training for your staff, which is great because they want that. They want 
your staff to know how to work in their systems. Uh, and if, because if, if you do that, if you have that relationship, they know that they're going to have a partner in you for a long haul versus if they just sell you the stuff and kind of walk away. Right. Yeah, yeah it, it is interesting. And you bring up a good point of how it can be overwhelming on the technology that is available. Where do you begin? Right. And then when you implement that technology, that's step one, right? Like that isn't just you, you set it and forget it there. It's there's action that needs to be taken. And so uh, for someone listening, what, what is the foundation or step one post implementation of uh, any sort of technology? What is front of mind? What should their end goal be? Uh, for implementing a technology solution? You have to start with the end in mind. What do you want to get out of the system before you even buy the system? Mm -hmm. What do you want to get out of it? Because that's one of the, that's what's going to drive the technology that you select. It's going to drive how you set it up how the processes are set up, what's that flow going to be, who's going to be responsible for that, and then ensure that as it's being set up, reports are being built in to be able to get that data. Because the problem is if you don't start with that, you're never going to get the information that you want out of it. You might get lucky with a few things, but not with others. Right. You have to understand what you need in order for it to actually do what you want it to do. And the problem is that a lot of times people go in, they see demos from different uh, systems. Oh, that's pretty. Oh, I like that. And, that, and they get, they get uh, enamored by these like small uh, features that are not going to do what they want them to do. Uh, and it's a shame because then they pass on some... Uh, platforms that may have been better suited for them. Mm -hmm. And that's sometimes when engaging a consulting firm as well to help with that decision making. And it's not for them to make a decision for you, but it's maybe them help you kind of like do those pros and cons from everything. And hey, this will do everything. This will do most. This will almost not do anything of what you wanted to do. So, so that way you have maybe another set of eyes that might not have uh, as much skin in the game or that might not get uh, taken by some of these like cool little features because at the end of the day it's not you know providing you what exactly you're looking for yeah you can't get distracted by the bells and whistles out there it's mm -hmm. got to to your point begin with the end in mind i, I love that um you have to understand what the whole purpose is, what's the end goal uh, of implementing this technology, whatever it is, and uh, making sure that that aligns with what you're trying to accomplish there. But uh, that's, that's all great stuff. And I, I do have one last question I ask everybody. Uh, who or what has had the biggest impact on you and your career? Oh, gosh. You know what? I'm going to have to say that it, it's been, it's, well, it's been a couple of people. Uh, I think probably first, uh, Jim Whitaker. Uh, Jim, Jim was uh, president, CEO of uh, FEA. Uh, he's now uh, working with JLL. Uh, I learned a lot from him on facilities and I was always at awe at how he could just 
on a metro ride someplace, just think about something and, you know, hand me a piece of paper. I'm like, oh my God, you just came up with this, like on a train ride. It's, it, it was, uh, it was always uh, amazing to just watch him work and, and, and how uh, he just got it. Uh, so I, I do give thanks for having him uh, in, in, you know, along my path because I learned so much from him. Uh, and then there's Tina Chow's. Uh, Tina is an amazing individual and just to, to see another woman in the field, which as you know, in facilities, women are probably not as big represented. Having someone like her out there and how she just lights up the room and, and how amazing she is and you know everyone is always hung up in every word that she says because she she's just a, a, an amazing individual and you know i've worked alongside with her uh in consulting for facilities and uh it was always just a pleasure to just see how uh, all those years of running facilities how she took that and you know was helping others you know be better so. That's great. And I love that you're bringing up multiple people because it is rarely just a single individual. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it really does take a lot. And it's uh, cool to see what people, how people respond to that answer or to that question, uh, which I, I love asking every time. And I never gave anyone any prep uh, just to see, you know, that the, the thoughts, you can see the thought process uh, as I ask it. So um, it's always interesting and to see where people have influence. So, uh, but again, certainly appreciate you you coming on the, the show here this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure. There's going to be some great show notes here that people could reference, but uh, thank you so much for the content and until next time, be well. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the modern facilities management podcast. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and follow us on LinkedIn for more facilities management content.